0: So our first guest of the 20th anniversary series, beginning of the Iraq War, is retired Sergeant First Class Joe Swoboda. Joe Swoboda and I met on my last combat deployment to Iraq at Fabis, Kandaria. He was the platoon sergeant. After that, we both went our own ways, and I hadn't really spoke to Joe for almost 15 years. I followed him a little bit on social media and saw that he'd been very active with working with the other veterans, guys that were struggling with PTSD, suicide, things like that. He would gotten himself hooked up with a service dog actually before he got out. He had been injured and was medically retired. And while he was in, was able to, uh, through canines for warriors, get a service dog. For him, that was probably the thing that saved his life. As he, like many other veterans, suffered from some PTSD and TBI uh, from, you know, blast explosions and and fighting in combat. Joe was in the military when the Iraq war started. He was serving a deployment to uh, Kosovo or Bosnia or something like that when the planes hit the towers during 9-11. So you know I'm sure you can imagine going from pre-war army to wartime army must have been something something to experience I mean I I was in high school when it happened so you know we were already at war the expectations were you know that you were going to serve in combat. After getting the dog, Joe realized how effective it was at, you know, save, not only saving his own life, but, you know, seeing the transformation in other guys' lives as well. Because of that, Joe Swoboda, being the servant leader that he is, decided to become very active with Canines for Warriors. He actually sits on their board. and. I did a documentary explaining you know the process of getting a service service animal. Today he's gonna share his story with us and you know talk about some of the things that he's been through you know how getting a service dog really helped him and you know just other stuff that you know he's figured out over the years to be happy. If you enjoy it, something resonates with you, you'd like to be a part of the show uh, or just say something to Joe please reach out you can comment or subscribe to our show uh, and hope to see you there so thank you
1: oh, damn oh. It out.
0: Hey, welcome to the Art of Resilience podcast with your host, Jim Artman. And today, uh, I'm interviewing retired Sergeant First Class Joe Swoboda. He served 18 years. Is that correct, Joe?
1: Yep, yep. 18 years, eight months.
0: <clears throat> uh, we met several years ago on my last combat deployment, um, and, uh, which was in Iraq. and at Fabus Canteria and he was in charge of all the mechanics that worked on our vehicles and, uh, awesome dude, great leader, uh, great man. And has been, uh, very active with canines for warriors since getting out and helping, uh, other service members, uh, that maybe struggle with PTSD or disability, uh, get access to, uh, to a service dog. Uh, and within that, also participated, uh, actually, pretty much led uh, efforts for a documentary called "Reinforcements." Um, you know, kind of discussing his work there with Canines for Warriors, and uh, sharing a story of you know how veterans really, you know, they look out for each other, and that's what he was doing, and it's it's really awesome. So, uh, I'm pumped to interview Joe. Uh, and, you know, get another opportunity and another way to share your story. And, uh, you know, hopefully it resonates with some other guys experiencing, you know, same, same thing we all do, really, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm glad to be here, man. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, like I said, Joe and I uh, were on a combat deployment together. And, you know, I noticed that it was the 20th anniversary since the beginning of the Iraq war. And I thought it would be pretty cool to reach out to some guys that I served with, uh, you know, pretty much all of them I had spoke with since that deployment, uh, or, you know, shortly after. So it's been over 10 years, almost yeah. 15
1: years. Oh yeah. It's been a while.
0: And, uh, <laughs> It's been cool. It's really cool talking to you guys. I feel like, you know, just kind of pick up where we left off. Uh, Doesn't seem like it's been that long, you know, almost seems like yesterday. Anyways, I I wanted to interview guys uh, and just kind of see, you know, what what their experience has been like and, you know, uh, reflect on the war some. Joe, I want to tell everybody, like, how many years you ended up serving and where you served at
1: yeah i ended up uh doing eighteen years and eight months uh, i uh i ended up uh medically retiring uh from i e d blast i guess you know I ended up with a small tear in my brain somewhere and and uh, they felt that it was better that i medically retire than than uh actually retire and yeah it, it actually worked out well for me because it it got me you know out in the in the civilian world and so I could start uh doing what became my passion and that's helping uh other combat veterans out there. Uh, as everybody knows, it's not easy at all to transition uh from, you know, uh being active duty and in and out of combat zones and and everything that comes with that. And then you find yourself uh as a civilian with uh no direction really. So I I really wanted to start uh putting something together so I could fix that for some people and make it easier. So uh it ended up working working out pretty good for me.
0: So being in for 18 years 8 months, you were
1: in when the war started, is that correct? I was. Yep. Uh during yep, during 9/11, I was actually uh deployed with uh 3rd Infantry Division to Kosovo. And uh it's it's funny when when I think I think back at that time, uh, I didn't even know what the Twin Towers even was. I knew that it was in New York, but I'd never seen it. You know, I didn't really know anything about it. And uh, I remember uh, hearing, you know, uh, people talking down the motor pole, hey, you know, the, the towers have been attacked in New York City. And, and I thought, what? Are you serious? And, you know, it was it was, uh, it was uh, definitely a surprise. Uh, I had to catch up on on what's out there in the world, you know? So, yeah, we, we were, like I said, we were deployed in, in Kosovo, and and it was wild because my family's back home, and here we are in another country trying to help other people, and, and then we get attacked, you know?
0: That's wild. I mean, for me personally, I was, you know, still in high school when that happened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my Yeah, my sophomore year of high school, Um. you know, so <laughs> that would be – pretty interesting to be already in the military and deployed uh you know when you get attacked i'm sure everybody was uh probably i mean do you feel like you kind of understood what was
1: about to happen when that happened you know when i think back um i didn't know what to think i I'd never. Well, I, I can say up until that point for me that the the military was basically a nine to five job. You know, you know. Besides right. all of your your stuff that happens on the side, but uh, that that was a kick in the butt. You know, uh, wow, this this stuff is can really happen in the world, and and I'm a soldier, so I would imagine I'm going to end up going and and dealing with somebody. You know. So it was uh it was a rush of all kinds of emotions, you know. And plus plus I was uh I was a young NCO and and I had uh several soldiers underneath me and of course they're looking at me uh with questions that I really didn't have the answer but you know you can't tell them that. You know, you got to you got to just go find these answers for them and and you know uh give them comfort that we're going to get through it no matter what it is. So, and I did that. So
0: do you feel like, uh, yourself or a lot of guys that you were, uh, serving with were a little nervous or scared about what was about to happen?
1: Oh, absolutely. I I think if anybody was to ever say that they weren't scared in, in that position, uh, they definitely uh, need to relook at, at the past and, and, uh, you know, and, and be truthful to themselves because I don't think anybody around me at that time sitting on that fob, uh, just South of the, the Serbian border. Um, there wasn't scared, you know, nobody really knew. We only had a few combat veterans in our ranks. Uh, of course we're desert storm and, uh, they, they, they were definitely the, the direction that we needed, you know? So, you know, we were all asking them, hey, what what the heck is gonna happen now? What what are we gonna do? You know, and um lucky for me I had a couple that that ended up being with us all the way into Iraq. So it that that was great. I, I got to learn some some side notes, you know, before I was thrown right into it. So yeah. Yeah. It, it was, was pretty wild. <clears throat> it is wild. So
0: was was our deployment together was that was that your last combat deployment as well or did you do
1: Yep, uh for uh FOB Iskan was my last we we came back in what? 2009. And uh and actually uh that was my third one cuz I did the initial invasion and then uh 05 I went back to Iraq. And I had actually called my my uh uh not VA, I want to say VA, but um, my branch manager, <clears throat> and told him, hey, look, you know, th- this is my third tour, and I really would like to do something different, maybe teach young soldiers, you know, before they start deploying, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, I-, I ended up getting that wish. I I went from that last deployment to uh, Fort Benny, Georgia, and, <clears throat> sorry, uh, and became an instructor at the Bradley School, so. Wait. So you were
0: at Fort Benning, the same time I was. So, yeah. I was because
1: I went to Fort Benning after that deployment to teach sniper school. Yep. So I yep. When we came back from that deployment, <sighs> <laughs> uh, I want to say it was maybe June. I uh, I'd actually gone to Fort Knox first, and as soon as we got to Fort Knox, uh, we learned that the armor school was going to move to Fort right. Benning. And become yeah, into the
0: Maneuver Center of Excellence. Yeah, Maneuver Center
1: of Excellence. That's what it was. And yeah, we actually the Bradley School, as you know, was right next to the Sniper School. So uh, that's yeah. that's yeah. crazy. I probably saw you a hundred times and didn't even know it.
0: <laughs> I used to go down to eat your chow sometimes after yeah. PT. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good place. That's funny. Well, uh yeah, I know it's crazy. We never ran into each other there. Yeah. You know, like you said, you know, you, you ended up with a service dog. You know, what was it like for you when you first got out of the military? Like, you know, you said you didn't have any direction, really. Like, was it uh, was it difficult? You were married at the time, too, right? Yep.
1: I'd been married for a while. Both my kids were young, um, I believe, and uh, I think they were at the end of elementary school. It, it was it was pretty wild for me because when I learned of my brain injury, uh, of course I was an instructor and my SAR major sent me over to the um, sort of wounded warrior detachment. I can't remember what they called it, but uh, you know, I got over there and, and I was having cranial seizures and they were trying to put me on all these medications and, and I'm just not one for, for taking a lot of meds, you know, and, I really wanted to find a different route to to deal with what was going on with me. Once you got over to the Wounded Warrior Detachment, there, you know, it's run by the National Guard, and and you just have you have all day long just to do with to deal with your medical stuff, you know, and, and prepare to be medically retired. So I actually had met a guy that that had started Canines for Warriors down in Florida, Ponte Vedra, Florida, and he convinced me to, to come down and try it. And, and I took leave, went down and, and, uh, attended the, the course. Uh, he, he, kinda, he kinda messed with me. Uh, for people that don't know me, I'm, I'm six, five and about 350 pounds. And he, uh, he, <laughs> He, he told me, "Man, I I got this great little Chihuahua for you. It's gonna it's gonna work out beautiful for you." And I was like, "Dude, I'm not walking around <laughs> with it with a Chihuahua. I'm just not doing it." You know. <laughs> of course, he was messing with me. You know. And I I got down there and and uh, and found my dog Lily. She she's a a, a Mastiff uh, Lab mix, and uh, she's about 130 pounds. So it's not a Chihuahua, thank God. But uh, you know when I graduated the course and and we became a a, a canine team at first, it was, it was really wild to be in that situation, you know, to be a full grown adult and going into a restaurant with a service dog. Of course you, you become a movie star, you know, everybody loves dogs. So everybody stares at you and it, uh, it, it really was hard to deal with, but the training that they had given us down there, you know, it, it, it really came together. I think it was harder for my wife though, to, to be in that kind of environment with, with a dog, you know, cause everybody stares at you. But, uh, I, I found that the feelings that I was having with not being back in my regular unit, doing what I had learned to do over the, over 18 years, you know, uh, I was really lost. I, I didn't know, uh, by this time I was a Sergeant first class and, you know, I, I had several instructors underneath me and then all of a sudden it was just kind of pulled out from underneath me, uh, at nobody's fault, you know, and I really didn't know what to do. I didn't have a, I didn't really have a direction, you know, and, and I, I felt alone, like most veterans do when they actually get out of the military. It it's, it's almost like feeling like you go to work one day and the next day they put you on a bus and drop you off in the middle of nowhere. You know, <clears throat> you don't know what to do cuz all you know is the army. And for me the service dog really helped just by maybe placing my hand on her ears, you know, just kind of like feeling that she's there and it it gives you a sense of having a battle buddy with you still, you know, and it really, really was some great medicine for me, uh, to, to get that feeling, you know, of not being alone that for me, that was the hardest thing about, uh, separating from service, you know, just being alone, you know? So.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of guys experienced that. I know I felt the same way when I got out. Um, just hard to relate to most people and, you know, definitely understand feeling lost too. You know, I went, I was in college, but, you know, didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do with it. And, um, but that's awesome that, uh, she helped you out there. I like, I know we, we, from when we talked the other day, I have my dog. He's sitting back here curled up in my
1: room right now. That's
0: awesome. Uh, yeah, he just follows me around everywhere yeah. constantly. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love, I love having him around. So how long was it before you ended up with Lily? Was it – I mean – oh, you said that was – you got her while you were still in.
1: Yeah, I, I actually got her I, – I probably spent about – I want to say five or probably five months I spent in the Wounded Warrior Detachment. Uh, what is it called? WTB, I think it was. Uh, I, I spent about five months still active duty with her, and uh, you know the 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 command team over there was was totally supportive of it. You know, and the the regulations at that time with service dogs for active duty personnel was was kind of up in the air nobody really knew what to do in this situation you know so we kind of played it by ear and um it it really was an experience to be in formation and
0: <laughs> <laughs> with your dog yeah that's awesome
1: yeah have this dog standing next to me and, and and it was kind of cold uh that that winter in fort benning and it was funny. I remember one instance, the first arm was up talking, and, you know, we're all standing at parade rest, and here's Lily next to me. Well, she started shivering, and <laughs> her, her teeth started chattering, and it was loud. Everybody is, is trying not to laugh, you know, and even the first arm was like, all right, let's get done, because obviously the dog is cold. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was crazy, man, especially being E seven, you know, and, and and going through that. But like I said, the the command team was was, you know, very uh very supportive and <clears throat> I I got through it. And thank thankfully I had that five months or so to be with her and be around other soldiers, you know. So I was able to transition and it it really, it felt like one of my soldiers was leaving the army with me, you know, and because I'll tell you, as you know, you don't, you don't really see that coming, man. Because, you know, when you're, when you're wearing the uniform and you're, you're a leader, you're making stuff happen all the time, you know, and, and you're leading soldiers and getting them through their lives and, and struggles and then bam, you're out and you don't have that anymore. You know, that's that's not there because civilians, they don't give a damn who you are. You know, you're either gonna be part of society or you're not, you know. Everything is up to you. PT is up to you, eating properly is up to you, you know. Uh I've never been one for alcohol and drugs and stuff. Uh I found that my thing was was overeating and not taking care of my, my physical body, you know. Um uh, and I gained a bunch of weight, you know, and that 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 causes depression, and and everything just kind of piles down on top of you. So uh, that led me into going back to Canines for Warriors and saying, "Hey, you know, I'm experiencing this. What can I do? Because I have nothing but time now. What can I do to assist other soldiers who are about to go through?" what I just went through and what I'm going through now. So and that actually led me to uh doing things like the film and uh <clears throat> I, I've done some dog food commercials for canines and and stuff like that. A lot of traveling and uh yeah it, it really really was a blessing. So that's awesome. Yep. So
0: <clears throat> you know after you know, you've been out since, what, 2013, right? So it's been about yep. 10 years.
1: Yeah, 10 years, really which seemed, is crazy. <laughs> <I
0: know. laughs> Isn't it weird, the, you know, the kids are learning about this in school now? You know, like the war that we fought it in. Is, it, it,
1: it, <laughs> it blows my um, mind because, man, I, I bet it was three years into retirement, I still had this mentality of, man, I better let somebody know where I'm at. I should be. You know, I should be coming off leave by now or something, you know, just in the back of your mind, you're, you're thinking that like, oh, I I need to let someone know where the heck I'm at. I'm going to get in trouble. You know, (laughs) I I swear it was at least three years before I got over that. And uh, yeah, I'm sitting at the 10 year mark, like you said, and, and I'm just now starting to feel comfortable in this civilian environment. Which is crazy. That's wild to even think of that, you know. Um, Even around my family, you know, I I have a lot of cousins and they're just, they're fantastic people. And, you know, I could be at a barbecue or something talking to all my cousins that I grew up with. And um, I don't feel like I'm part of that. You know, I don't feel like me and, and them are on the same page of music, you know, uh, not that I'm better than them, but, but you understand what I'm saying. Um, it just didn't, it, it doesn't feel comfortable because, you know, they're talking about, uh, souping up Harley, Harley Davidson's. And I'm thinking about, you know, what I did on a mission in Iraq with a Bradley, you know, it's, it's just, it, for me, that was the biggest struggle, and, and to to see, to hear kids learning about us, what you and I and everybody else did during that time blows my mind, you know, it's, <laughs> wow, you know, and I still today struggle with that same thing, you know, I've got to stop thinking about what I did on a particular mission, you know, I've, I've got to just get myself in a position where I can respect what I used to do and think of it as a great part of my life. Because as you know, you know, a lot of things were horrible in war, but a lot of things were fun too. You know, we, we did a lot of hanging out, you know, we did a lot of cool stuff, you know, and, you know, to, to get yourself on that that level in your mind, man, I'm at the ten year mark, and I still haven't you know haven't become proficient in it, so it's tough
0: you mentioned uh you know in the documentary reinforcements about moving forward, you know always oh. moving forward you, you know what yep. is that what did you mean by that exactly you know in the
1: film um what what I mean by that is knowing where you've been, you know, what you've done, what you've seen <clears throat> it it seems to grab you and hold you down, you know, because you're you're in that that frame of mind of thinking of of rolling down Route Irish in Baghdad, you know, and seeing green or red flares up ahead, knowing, you know, Oh, that's a green flare. That means that they see us coming, you know, and we're not an armored column. So go ahead and hit them. You know, thinking about that, it's, it seems to hold you down into that particular thought and you're not moving forward, trying to teach yourself to, you know, have those thoughts and then get right back out of them and train yourself to think, you know what? I, I, I've been through that. I saw that, that happened, you know, but I also got away from that. I wasn't attacked or I, or I was, and I survived, you know, what happened the next day when I was at chow, having a blast with my buddies, you know, you got to keep moving forward. You can't allow certain things in your mind, To make you go backwards you know uh we were hit that day maybe i shouldn't be here anymore why am i still here you know that makes you go backwards you know if you can get around that and think yes that happened to me but i've got to keep moving forward what happened the next day what happened when i came home you know and i had my first child you know you got to move forward. You got to keep looking ahead and finding things that are bright, you know? And if they're not bright, what can I do to make those bright? You know, we've we've been through some horrible things, you know? And life is definitely not the same. It's not the same now as it was before I joined the army. But I know that it can still be great. It can still be a fantastic life, you know. I can go get on my Harley and just take a ride. Look up in the sky. Enjoy the wind, you know. Or do something with my kids. You know. You just got to keep moving forward. You got to find those those avenues in your mind to to keep that moving forward. So,
0: yeah, I think I discovered that for myself, you know, a couple of years ago, which You know, I think you have to remain vigilant in that mindset as well, because even if you came to that conclusion at one point in your life, it could resurface for you again, where you have to remind yourself, like, you know, like what you just said, you know, like you don't have to cling to or subscribe to this past as something that is going to affect how you can live the quality of your life now, you know none of that can be changed uh, so but you know sometimes it is difficult to to maintain that you know i found i found that i have to remind myself of that sometimes you know my wife's good at helping me with that too <laughs> yeah yeah mine too
1: yeah, yeah. thank god <laughs> you know, there's a lot of guys out there that don't have that you know but I know. but they do have You're- something they do have something that that they may not be thinking about, you know. They, it it may be something in their life, you know. They have a grandmother or a grandfather or or a dog, you know. Uh, that brings me back to Canines Warriors and and the other companies that are out there doing the same mission, you know, to to have something that. You know, for me, just touching my dog's ears, I don't know what it is about a dog's ears, but they're, they're like extremely soft. And (laughs) if you just, if you just touch a dog's ears, it sounds weird, but it's, but it's, it's, it's so true. It, it, it just kind of relaxes you like, you know, I'm still here, you know, I'm still here and whatever's going on around me does not define who I am. You know, I know who I am, you know? And that kind of brings you back to that, that playing field that you could deal with, you
0: know. So after, you know, having all these things to have to overcome, you know, and, you know, working so closely, being so aware of the issues that most of veterans are dealing with, with PTSD and suicide, what is your opinion about the war? You know, like, I i know when we spoke, I think we both sort of shared the sentiment when we were younger that, like, we weren't into politics, you know, it's like, whatever. I signed up in the military to deploy, you know, it was kind of exciting. And, you know, all I really cared about, which I'm sure you're the same, you know, is getting myself and my men home safely and doing the best job that I could ethically, you know.
1: Absolutely, and and I, of course, I felt the uh, I felt the same way back then um, as a leader. And now, on the other side of it, ten years later, I look back on it, and I'm a lot more. Uh, I'm a lot more. I'm able to look at things much different on a political level. You know, it it saddens me to come to the realization that everything that happens in this world is because of money, you know, and it, it's extremely sad to look at all of the things that we've been into uh, with our country, like Iraq, you know, what the heck were we even doing over there? You know what I mean? Why did, <laughs> why in the world did we allow ourselves to get into that? You know, and I used to think when we were in Iraq, I used to think the reason why we're in Iraq is to to make Al Qaeda come to us and fight us on their land instead of coming to the United States and hurting our people on our land. That's what I used to think. That, that used to motivate me to go through those missions and all those horrible recovery missions and all the things that, that we did together, you know. Now, on the other side of it, I look at it, and I think all that crap happened because people wanted to make money, you know, and that's the bottom line you know anybody who doesn't think that is foolish they they need to they need to look at it you know it's it's blatant to me now, you know uh now, on top of that, it doesn't take away from my experiences, it doesn't take away from the friendships that I made the the lessons learned, you know, that's made my life better. Um, I kind of have to, you can't let yourself be angry about it because it was completely out of our hands. You know, uh, there's nothing as soldiers that we could have done except from support each other, you know. And, you know, you and I and thousands and thousands of other soldiers didn't go over there because we wanted to do damage to other human beings. We went over there because we knew that we needed to get our friends and ourselves home. And the only way to do that is to support each other. So I feel good about that, you know? Yeah. So
0: I need too. that was, uh, you know, I think being a sniper in the military, you know, there's a lot of commanders or people who think we're just a bunch of fucking cowboys that want to, smoke people.
1: yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, probably in certain aspects of my career, like, that was sort of true, but not to the extent to where, you know, that was why I wanted to do it. I viewed my job as, like you said, like, being there to make passage for my fellow soldiers safer, you know, Uh, and just support you know any kind of combat operations um but you know i think it is interesting uh you know that we endured so much you know from being in combat and in a in a a war zone um you know for something that's like not really a cause that you and i or probably a lot of other veterans believe in or, or care much about, you know, Uh, so, but, you know, it's under this guise of we're there protecting our country. I'm sure on a certain level, that's true, but, you know, I agree with you. Um, There's a lot of really valuable lessons that I learned uh, even on that deployment about how to be a better leader. Um, And, you know, I learned a lot about myself as well. So, you know, I definitely am, am grateful for that. Are you familiar with the term
1: post-traumatic growth? Post-traumatic growth. I, no, I haven't heard that. I I think I could understand what it would mean, though. Uh, yeah, give it to me. So uh, it's, a, it's
0: a term I re- uh, learned, discovered years ago just from, you know, all my research and trying to, figure this stuff out, how to be good, you know, and grow and heal. Um, and basically post-traumatic growth describes a situation where the, the adversity, the trauma that you experience really becomes a catalyst for significant personal growth because without have going through that experience, and having to figure out how to overcome that, uh, and then come out on the other side, like yourself, you know, in a position where, you know, you've gained a lot of valuable insight and wisdom and healed and are in a place to share that experience with other people, you know, and lead. And, um, i it when you were talking about, uh, you know, your experience at war and stuff and, it made me think of that. Cause that's what I, that's how I view you and what you've done. Cause I've, you know, I've, even though we haven't spoke, I've seen, you know, followed you on social media over the years and seen you, you know, very active and working to help
1: other veterans out. I think it's awesome. It's uh it's definitely a passion for me. and, and I, I'd never heard that before, but that makes total sense. And, and I can definitely look at, look at myself and I have definitely grown and and learned from my, you know, post-traumatic experiences. Um, and I remember, I remember sitting on the border in 2003 for the invasion. I never, never thought in a million years that Saddam and his, and his fucked up sons would, would ever, you know, not listen to president Bush, knowing that, the third infantry division and, and everybody else is sitting on his border ready to come in there and, and whoop his ass, you know? And then I, I remember, <laughs> I remember when I heard it come across the net that we were going and war had been declared. And I thought to myself, what are you kidding me? You know, <laughs> I figured we were just going to go home, you know, show a force, you know go back to Kuwait do all the bs that comes with Kuwait you know with the wash racks and loading back on the ships and all that crazy stuff you know and and then go to the house you know and then when when i when i heard that come across the net i thought oh my god you know this this is real and then once we jumped across the border you know the first the first 15 minutes of combat, I, I watched an Iraqi soldier get cut in half by coax from a Bradley, you know, and I thought, holy shit, you know, this is not a nine to five job anymore. You know, th- this is definitely traumatic. And I, I've got an 11 man team that's following me, you know, and, uh, you know, that's that in itself is huge man i got 11 people that i'm responsible for you know thank god that my training and god above just watching out i got all my soldiers home thank god but at that time you know that that's i don't know if it gets any more traumatic than that you know what i mean and if it does i don't know if i want to be there for it, you know what i mean so but the lessons that i learned from that was No matter what is happening, you know, you have to be, if you're a leader, you have to lead. No matter what, you got to lead because people's lives depend on that, you know, and, and today things, things can really stress me out. I mean, not so much bills because my wife is a, is a money genius, you know, (laughs) she, she, uh, takes care of our bills like no other so i don't have money issues but there are other issues you know uh getting up in the morning and knowing that i've got to work out i've got to do something physical i've got to stay active because my body type i can gain weight really fast you know and and when you gain weight you feel horrible man you feel like you're not even human anymore it it's it's terrible, you know. Uh when you're not doing PT anymore, it's tough to get your ass out of bed and and do stuff. And I those traumatic experiences keep me going. I know that even though it feels horrible to to have to do things you don't want to do, I know that it needs to be done and I know that I can do it. So I stay on top of it, you know, and um uh, so yeah, that that uh that totally makes sense to me and 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 I believe in that wholeheartedly, you know. So, yeah, I think it's um you know, it's
0: it's a really uh important distinction for yourself that you kind of touched on is, you know, instead of looking at those traumatic experiences as something that, you know, solely had a negative impact on you and affected your ability to be okay mentally or physically but i think a lot of guys kind of forget how badass they were when they were in you know that they had that fucking ability to get shot at get knocked down be tired and lean lean you know lean into the fight always And, you know, I think maybe sometimes you abandon that, you know, like forget that that was a thing. So to look back on that and remember, like, how capable of a human you are, you know, and that you can apply that in this context as well as, you know, (laughs) one in a much more terrifying situation where you're being engaged by enemies, you know. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, I think it's, you know, there's been little stuff like that for me that I like just kind of recall, you know, like sort of mantras, you know, that I hold on to as reminders, of, like quit being a
1: pussy. Right, right. <laughs> you <know>? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and because, you know what? We, we can all feel that way. Yeah. For <laughs> yeah, sure. For you sure. Know?
0: <laughs> so, um, What do you feel like are two like the most important things that you've learned about what it takes to be resilient now in your life, you know, outside of the military?
1: Um, I think that one thing for me would be what I what I've learned is life is ever changing. It it's never the same. Like like if you look back when we were serving. Life was always the same, you know you, you you were well, me being an instructor, and you probably did the same thing. you know you're up at four o'clock, I had to wake the troops up at like four forty five you know, and then you've got p t at at six o'clock for senior leaders you know and and then everything had its time, you know seven thirties chow you know uh i I think it was like eight eight thirty was work call and you know, and then then you had what was lunch like eleven thirty or something. Everything had its time, and every day was already made for you. All you had to do was meet your goals, you know, and then get on to the next thing for that day. And then you knew COB was seventeen thirty. You're out, you know. And now we don't have that. You know, when my wife goes to work. I can, if I wanted to, I could sit in this house all day and watch the History Channel because I'm big into history. I can do that all day long. But you know what? If I let myself do that, then tomorrow I'll do the same thing. You know, uh, for me to be resilient in this crazy ass civilian world, I must keep myself occupied. I have to think of goals that I that I can make. You know, uh I've got this crazy huge ass backhoe that I that I just go out back in my woods and and I just do landscaping stuff, you know. And I make things. Okay, today I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do the backhoe for a couple hours and then I'm gonna go to the veterans home and go visit a couple of my World War II buddies. You know what I mean? I I keep myself occupied. I think that for me. Is the biggest, the biggest lessons learned from combat and my military experience that keeps me resilient in this world is that making goals and timelines. You know, and sometimes I fail. I mean, a lot of times I fail. You know, um, sometimes I have those days where where I let shit get to me. You know, I think about, you know our friends that are, that are still on patrol over there, you know, never came home with us. I I think about that, you know, um, and sometimes I let that get to me, but I know that I have to stop myself and I have to get back on my timeline. You know, I'm going to do lunch at this time. I'm going to do this at this time. I'm going to make sure I do the dishes for my wife before she comes home because I never, I never did that as a soldier. I didn't give a shit about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. To me, I didn't. I didn't recognize that my wife was a full-time teacher and mother. You know, I never came home and did dishes. I was a shitbag. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, in my mind, in my mind, I I was a platoon sergeant in the, in the army. That that was my job. When I came home, I cracked a beer. I sat in the chair and I let my wife wash dishes. I was a shitbag. You know, I I learned that. Well, now I make it a point that I do the dishes for her, you know, because even though I, I have created timelines for myself, you know, I, I have to fit that in there. And that alone right there trying to keep your wife happy is will keep you resilient. You know what I mean? so yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> yeah she ain't gonna let you circle the drain too long no <laughs> no not my wife
1: i'll tell you that
0: <laughs> i'm gonna decide it's funny i'm in a similar situation as i just moved across the country from my wife's work and yeah i've just been a uh, house husband you know cleaning cleaning the house and doing the dishes yeah <laughs> feeding our five-year-old
1: right uh, oh yeah no, funny. wait Wait, wait till your five-year-old becomes an adult. My my uh my daughter's a biologist now. She she actually just turned twenty-five yesterday, which blows my mind. I, I can't even believe it. My my firstborn is twenty-five. She was only she was only in elementary school when I retired, you know, so um it's it's crazy. Uh life life with adult children is is a whole nother bracket, you know. Because you can you see what they do wrong and you can intervene, but you, you can't really have a, a say in what they do, you know, and they're, they're sure to let you know that. So <laughs> my, my, my advice brother is enjoy your five-year-old right now, because that's going to be the greatest times of your life. You know,
0: I have an 11 year old daughter and she's already, she's already like what you just described. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the uh, people that are going to listen to this or watch it? Yeah. Uh, uh, anything that would be helpful for people that may still be struggling, feeling isolated?
1: Yeah. Le- let me say this to any other combat veteran that's out there that is going through what what I've been through and what I go through every day. and And, and same thing with you. You know, listen, life is not the same okay life will never be the same as it was before you went through those traumatic experiences of wearing the uniform and defending this nation even though people people don't and will never recognize what we've done for them that's fine whatever but just know that you your life will never be the same but your life can still be awesome it can be amazing you know what i mean all you got to do Is just stand up, move forward, pick something to do, keep your mind occupied. And if you need a buddy, call a buddy, or you can go to caninesforwarriors.org. Get on the list, get you a service dog. It worked for me. It's worked for 500 plus other warriors out there and many, many more to come. Uh, don't allow yourself to feel alone. You can do this. Life is still awesome. So that that's that's probably my most important message to everybody out there. Um just get moving forward. Don't stop. Move forward at all times. So that's awesome. I like yep. that.
0: Yeah. Well, Joe, thank you so much for being willing to come on here and share your story. Um, I'm looking forward to talking to some of the other guys as well um, and, you know, kind of sharing it all. I think we're going to probably put it on uh, – I might just do like each individual interview so you can see that by itself and then maybe combine some of them to – add some
1: b-roll footage heck yeah brother what it's great talking to you man and and uh i'm here whenever you need me and same with other guys if if you ever need to talk get a hold of me i'm on facebook you you can't forget this big old mug so you can find me mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely so, hey i
0: remember you said something about
1: um doing some, like some motorcycle riding this summer yeah i'm, I'm actually going to be in kentucky um probably going to be the end of June and man I'd love to link up with anybody who wants to ride I I always bring three Harleys with me my son rides now my wife rides and heck yeah man if anybody's in that area and you want to you want to get out there and put in some miles and you know we'll do some food somewhere and I I will talk about anything to do with the army it, I don't keep anything back I don't let it you know, take my legs out from underneath me. If someone's having a problem and they're in that area, it's going to be around the end of June. And if you get on my Facebook, I'll, I'll, I'll post it. Yeah. Let's, let's do some riding and, and uh, let's talk about some, some shit that's going on so we can all move forward. That, that's my most important thing. So. Awesome.
0: All right. Well, thanks again, Joe. Uh, it was great talking to you. Um, Absolutely brother. You too
1: all right we'll talk soon yeah man send my love the family all right yeah you too all right later
0: thank you so much everyone for listening we really hope you liked this episode please don't forget to like comment and subscribe to our channel it truly helps and we appreciate it immensely and one last thing guys please share this video to everyone you think it may help it allows our
1: content to reach those that may need it most. But all right, see you next time. Peace.